0: Welcome to episode 47 of The Roger Snipe Show. The Roger Roger Snipe Show. Yo, scan on peeps. Hope all is good and everybody is remaining corona free. (laughs) Yes, so we are back again. My week has actually been pretty good My start of this week was actually pretty amazing I had a great sleep on a Sunday And the start of my Monday was crazy early I woke up at about quarter to four in the morning And was just ready to, I don't know, start off the day Uh, So I actually mentioned about that recently on my social media How I was just up early And (laughs) I was just out on the road cycling while it was pitch black but it was so bliss it was so beautiful so I don't know if you've been up super early and it feels as if you're up before the world so you can just cut through um well I would say cut through traffic but you could just you don't even need to cut through traffic because there is no traffic you are there before the traffic it's like you can get ahead in your day without people getting in your way. It was actually fantastic. The day afterwards, I kind of got up an average time. I think quarter to seven, um, which was okay and started my day as normal. But the day after, which is today, I uh, got up at quarter past four. So that was fantastic. Was out again on the street, just cycling. It was lovely. Um, It did start off raining a little bit though, but I don't know. It sort of... um, Mm. added to the excitement <laughs> oh man but all is well feeling good nice and energized refreshed um, drank some essential amino acids earlier um, haven't eaten yet but I'm looking to eat at some point soon and the time now is 20 minutes to 4 in the afternoon. Sometimes I break my fast relatively early, sometimes I'll break it a bit later. It just depends on how I feel. Um, If my sleep has been good, then I could normally hold out for a bit longer. (laughs) Okay, so um, today's podcast is going to be very interesting and something that affects everybody in the uh, day and age that we live in, which uh, we live in a digital age, Uh, where we are surrounded by EMFs, electrical magnetic fields, uh, such as um, everything, mobile phones, um, routers. um, Well, those are the two main things. We can get into others a little bit later. So the guest I have on today is uh, the CEO of a a company called Defender Shield which specialise in uh, EMF protecting stuff but we'll get into that in a second and it just so happens that the sponsor of the show is Defender Shield (laughs) which has designed and created the most effective EMF radiation shielding technology for electronic devices, um, what they say, ever developed. Um, But, you know, their stuff are pretty incredible. It's um, FCC certified, lab tested. Um, The technology blocks up to 99.9% of EMF radiation from 0 to 10 gigahertz, which is um, pretty high. Um, That itself encompasses almost all frequencies used in the current 5G network. Um, I use it myself, I have a EMF radiation free uh, air tube airbud headphones, which I have plugged in my ears this very moment, <laughs> um, when I make phone calls, when I call my friends, I have this thing plugged in, and basically it just keeps radiation away from my head, uh, which is not a place where you want it, but this is a place where most people have it when they put their cell phone or mobiles right to their temple when they're speaking and some people are on their phones for hours anyway so i have the defender shield emf uh, radiation protection hip bag as well where you can take the phone put it in the bag and you are protected from the radiation from your phone so normally when i'm making a call i'll have my bag um sort of like over my shoulder or around my waist, and I have my phone in there with with the earbuds so I can make a cool, yeah, EMF-free. Feels good. (laughs) So the bag itself, it has durable nylon material and a nice spacious main compartment with polyester mesh pockets to hold your essentials. Now, if you are interested in the Defender Shield... Uh, goodies then check out their website Defendershield.com and use coupon code SNIPES20 for 20% off alright now a next mention I'd like to make is by Keon they've recently released a awesome product called what's it called one second let me find it Keon Immune yes it's called Keon Immune um so looking good is important but keeping healthy is more so having a nutrient-dense bioavailable supplement uh, can come in very handy so why not grab yourself a kion immune it has uh, vitamin c and zinc uh, which are two essential nutrients which can give your body the extra boost needed while things are looking a bit viral at the moment and while the weather changes and um, you know it's pretty common around this time of year for people to get sick and it's all about making sure that your immune system is nice and strong now deficiencies in these two nutrients can impact immune function and weaken your body's defenses so it's important to make sure that you're getting enough through your diet or supplementation. In this case, you can grab yourself a Keon Immune. Now for more information and a discount, just visit getkeon.com forward slash Roger Snipes and use coupon code SNIPES20. That website link again is getkeon.com forward slash Roger Snipes and use discount code SNIPES20. Alright, so now, 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 we're going to talk about the guest himself, um, Daniel DeBorn. I think that's the way you say his name. Um, I first came across him when I was looking to purchase um, an EMF protecting, what did I want to get? EMF protecting earphones because I use headphones all the time when I'm training, but it's normally wireless and um, I just, you know, after starting to read a lot about the dangers, you know, with wireless technology, I just thought I want to, you know, make the uh, best precautions, safety measures to not cause any harm to myself. And after looking around, I came across Defender Shield, the website, and um, shot him an, an email to just ask him a bit of questions about the research involved. And I was pretty happy with the response. Um, So Daniel himself is an internationally recognized and influential expert in shielding electronic emissions and electromagnetic radiation. Uh, With particular focus on the effect of exposure from mobile devices. We covered that bit quite a lot, in all fairness, which I think is very important for people. And also things like laptops, tablets, and uh, yeah, mainly cell phones. Now, Daniel's concern regarding the health impact of uh, electronic radiation emissions grew from over 30 years of engineering experience in the telecommunications industry where he held a variety of leadership and executive positions now daniel is the inventor of defender shield the most effective emf radiation protection technology for mobile devices pretty much ever developed. Daniel is a highly regarded author, industry consultant, writer and speaker as well as a frequent guest on national radio and television programs discussing EMF health issues. This guy is pretty well equipped with a lot of information so let's bring on Daniel Deborn.
1: So, Dan, how are you doing? I'm very good, thanks, Roger. Thanks so much for for, uh, for getting in touch with me and giving me an opportunity to chat with you. I'm, I'm excited about it today. I'm super
0: excited as well. Um, I think I spoke to members of your team, and it was a bit of a, a email tag going on until we eventually nailed the time together.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they, they did. <laughs> the kind of work you do is the kind of the things we like to to do as well, uh, letting people understand the body and how they um, de- deal with the environment they're in, how they improve their body. So um, I was excited when I, when I found that, Roger, that you were interested in chatting and we finally got it <laughs> together and yeah. now we can work a little bit together. So here we go.
0: Awesome. So thanks, 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 thanks so much. Um, so you've written a book Um, called radiation nation right here yep Yep. and um, we'll probably dissect and go for a few parts or key elements which I feel a lot of people might want to know about and you can also cover some things which you think is very important in the book as well Um, but generally to write a book a person would need to have a bit of knowledge in a particular area. <laughs> so right. this one in particular, being on EMF, um, that will take a lot of dedication and years of research. Could you give us a little uh, background on yourself as to yeah, what you've been up to, to bring you to the point of writing this book or where you are today?
1: Roger, I, in, um, in the US, um, we had what was referred to as the Bell System a network um, of manufacturing, development, um, uh, products, services for all the telecom needs of the country. And I worked, I started my career in Bell Labs, which was the research side of uh, the telecommunications. And I spent a lot of my career defining standards for telecommunications equipment. And I also analyzed the technology that was deployed in telecommunications. So I had a large, rich background of the technical side of of communications. And and so this kind of technology stuff we talk about today, um, I had a lot of background in for many, many years. And I didn't even realize even when I was doing it, I used to worry about, when electronics equipment interferes with other electronic equipment ironically this is electronic equipment interfering with the human body and and so i was worried about technology interfering with each other when i maybe should have been more worried about how it infects our our own lives and so that's where i started had a lot of background in it Mm. and then um Um, it turned out, I I started a company that helps people, um, shield themselves. And I began realizing that the average person wasn't quite familiar with what the issues could be, um, with the modern devices we have around us every day that have come more and more close. You know, when I was growing up, um, if I had a cell phone 20 years ago, I had no one to call because none of my friends had a cell phone. Today, at six years old, you get a cell phone whether you want it or not, and it's throughout your whole life at this point. So so it, it turned out that it was never really a real problem until more and more of these technologies started coming around us. Well, at the same time, the medical community was doing a whole lot of work, really, really good work about identifying the potential dangers of these modern technologies around us. And it was really, really good work. Well, well well-structured laboratory uh, analysis work they were doing, uh, well-structured, very uh, well peer-reviewed. And yet no one knew about the work that was being done, in my opinion. And that's what prompted me to write the book with my son. We said, look, we we have some background in this stuff and we may be able to present it in a way that people can understand what it is and if they think it's an issue, what they may wanna do about it. And that was the genesis of the book.
0: Okay, that's amazing, that's cool. So, I mean, we're living in a... Digital world, where, where pretty much everything has become wireless. Yeah. From, from telephones to mobiles, um, from snail mail to email and text.
1: <laughs> right. right.
0: Um, well, so you've got um, even going to your bank, where you'd speak to a, a personal bank manager to set up an account Now you can do it remotely from an airplane.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny, uh, uh, Roger. We're not going to throw all this stuff away because it may potentially impact us in a negative way, right? And it turns out there's a lot of things we can do if we're aware of of the potential dangers and and things we can do with our own bodies to help uh, build out the uh, resilience of our bodies with these kinds of uh, exposures. So there was a lot we can do and yet no one really knew it was a challenge. Uh, And uh, yet they were being affected and didn't know it. Affected and didn't know it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So let's, let's slowly get into it. Obviously we are surrounded by what is called EMFs. And I'm not too sure, just like what you're saying, um, if many people are really think about it, or are, or are even aware of what it is, or any what it does, or any potential implications. Like, how would you describe EMF for some on, in layman terms for someone who doesn't understand? Uh,
1: there, there, there are basically two types we we want to worry about. The first type is extremely low frequency radiation. When you have electricity coming into your house. Um, and there's wires running through the walls there's an emission of electromagnetic radiation that's coming off that wire anytime there's a current flow with any wire there is an emission uh, it's called extremely low frequency emission so uh, when you use your hair dryer to you don't dry your hair because you don't have often. hair. <laughs> yeah, not
0: too often. Not too often. But if you
1: had one, it, would, it generates electromagnetic radiation as a, a byproduct of it creating that air. Uh, your toaster, when you toast your, your toast in the morning, uh, that's using electromagnetic radiation emissions that are being generated. So there's all these little devices that are, are generating electromagnetic radiation, most of which is fairly safe to us. Right. Uh, we've been living with for a while. but then there's this other class of stuff, um, the cell phone, the laptop, the uh, the computers, all connecting to a Wi-Fi, all connecting to a cell tower or some other device. all of a sudden everything's interconnecting. and these devices are using a radio frequency signal, electromagnetic radiation. it's RF. Uh, And the the energy of that um, allows you to go several miles or hundreds of yards. It goes distances. Well, when it's going those distances, it's also hitting you. So if it's connecting to a tower, it's connecting to you as well. And um, that's the RF. The radio frequency signals for uh, cell phones are about somewhere between one and two gigahertz. Well, when you have a microwave oven and you take a piece of meat, put it inside a microwave oven, and you push the button and it starts cooking the meat, what's actually happening is the water that's between the cells are heating up, oscillating the cells. And those cells get hot, cook the meat, voila, you have your finished cooked meat. Well, that's 2.6 gigahertz, 2.3 gigahertz. It's, it's almost exactly what your cell phone is. It's almost exactly what your Wi-Fi is. It's a microwave signal. Wow. The only thing is it's much less power, but it is a microwave signal. It creates heat and it can create damage. Wow, wow. Yeah, you don't even think of it, but it's true.
0: What would you say gives the most um, microwave signal in your household?
1: Um, Your Wi-Fi. Your Wi-Fi. Yeah, your Wi-Fi is... um, So a a cell phone is 1.6 watts. That's the energy level that that's pushing out to the cell tower, 1.6 watts per kilogram close to the head. Um, A Wi-Fi can do six watts. In other words, it's five, six times the level of a cell phone. So when you're really, really close to a Wi-Fi, that's a pretty solid hot signal Mm. that's transmitting near you. And it is a microwave. And just like the meat you put in your microwave, The water heats up the cells and oscillates the cells.
0: Gosh! (laughs) So that's pretty much like what's going on your brain in your brain when you have the phone next to your head.
1: Exactly. Oh God! So so in the U.S., it turns out that um, the standard of one point six watts per kilogram was was standardized. So a six foot male head in that area where the cell phone is, won't heat up by more than two degrees and penetrate the head by one to two inches. That's what the standard is. The power is being restricted so it doesn't go through your head. Well, well, that's the theory, right? We use the US Army as the model of the human male so we could figure out how to keep it to two degrees, right? That's what they did in the standard. Um, well, it turns out that that represents about two to 3% of the entire population in the US. When you're a child, that it, it doesn't go one to two inches, it goes completely through their head. And, and so if you're a six year old child, you give a cell phone to, that's at a very, very young age going right through their head and it's through the through their lifetime so what is the impact of that well we know through research and study work that there are clearly potential dangers let's get into that because i was about to ask you like (laughs) is emf harmful roger this is one of the most controversial issues you have you have a multi Trillion-dollar industry that's selling a lot of services, making a lot of money, and they think that there's no challenges, none, none at all. Um, then you have the private industry that's doing research work themselves, and they are clearly identifying direct links to uh, things like um, tendinitis, uh, s- neurological issues psychological issues, depression, anxiety, dizziness, fatigue, headaches. So we have a lot of that evidence too. So it's controversial. Wow! But as we move along, we're learning more and more. And recently in the US, there was a study, an epidemiology study. Uh, and uh, in, in that study, um, they found a direct causal link between uh, a cell phone and frontal lobe cancer. So there was a statistically significant increase uh, in in uh, frontal lobe cancers when there was an exposure to a uh, cell phone transmitter. And then that was, again, another significant study was done in the Ramazani Institute. And they replicated that study work, the populations were, you know, 20,000 or so uh, uh, rats and mice that were involved. Mm-hmm. And they came up with the same conclusion, that there was statistically significant increase in frontal lobe cancer. And by the way, heart cancer too. So we know that there's been many thousands of studies that talk about the direct correlated links between cell phone use wi-fi use and um and the human body and then there was substantial reinforcement of that with two independent epidemiology studies both coming to the same conclusion there's direct links so uh, for me it's not as much of the debate as it is for others because I've looked at the scientific evidence, and yeah. there certainly seems to be some evidence. Even the World Health Organization, they consider this a to be carcinogenic. Um, so um, if, if, if you're in a classroom and, and you have your child in the classroom, and in the front of the classroom, they have a uh, petrol gas, gasoline open in the room, And then the other corner, they have a welder welding metals together, and then you have a Wi-Fi in the back room. All three are to be carcinogenics. They're probable cancer-causing agents. So they're not guaranteed by who is that it is, but they, they several years ago believed it was a possible pro- uh, carcinogenic. It turns out that they didn't have the benefit of these epidemiology studies. If they had, it would have been considered a, a, a class one carcinogenic. Right, right. Because there's enough evidence now. So
0: there's been <laughs> studies that prove that it's a carcinogen. Yeah. Um, so so these, these, these studies were on mice. Yes. So, yes. It's very difficult to like... <laughs> A study on humans, possibly is—is there, is there a way? I don't know. It might not sound. Or
1: Roger, we every, are the study,
0: right?
1: <laughs> every study of, of, that ultimately led to a proven linkage to cancer was done through epidemiology studies. Right. It's—it's it's not like it's far fetched. It right. is always the start of any research, and so like when they say that. And there's a real reason you use those because there's similar biological infrastructure and that biological infrastructure is a very rapid uh, uh, life uh, interval. In other words, within a couple of years, you can gain all the data you want from it. So it is a always has been one of the leading indicators that sub, begins substantiating linkages. So when I, someone says to me that I don't believe it because I'm not a rat, they don't know research, they don't know science, they really don't understand it. It is part of what's been doing on, going on for hundreds of years. We've, we've always used that as a source. It's crazy. It, it is, yeah, it really it, is.
0: All right, so if there's, there's clinical studies to prove this, and uh, to show it is harmful, why is, why is it still legal? Like how can, how can it be legal? Um, or why is there not at least a cap? on the the amount of EMF being emitted,
1: You you, you know, um, there are these factions, as I mentioned before, and and there is a raging war going on, a battle between the standards bodies and the, uh, the research scientists talking about what is the right way of doing it. And, and by the way it's this is this is something that's gone on in so many other industries the smoking industry i was i was smoking cigarettes when i was 12 years old because i thought i was going to be a big man right that was quite a number of years ago if you know my age <laughs> i don't know at about that you. at that time roger there was no public understanding of any linkage whatsoever the public did not know and you know, f- 35 years later, 40 years later, it's now in the US, you can't sell cigarettes without you identifying the fact that they may cause cancer. And everyone has the same thing. Do you know when I started smoking, research knew there was a direct link to cancer, uh, 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 cancer of the lungs and smoking? It, it just takes that many years to get a public understanding of what it, what it is and what it's not. And there's so many instances of this kind of case. So I don't see this as unique. It, 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 to me is, it's the kind of evolution of things we find about in our environment that we introduce. And it takes us a long time before. X-rays were so important to our research. Well, the guy who invented X-rays had a, uh, a, a, a lab assistant, and they used to run around showing everyone how x-rays work. Well, he died of x-ray poisoning. <laughs> they didn't know that that's what would happen, right? Until they got the experience. It takes time. But no, they,
0: they used to use x-rays for, um, is it foot measurements or something? Right,
1: right exactly. <laughs> that's what they used to do, right? But Roger, it, it, it's not the linkages to the the, uh, the the cancers Th- these are statistically low level stuff that, that it's not like 20 percent of the population has going to get cancer over the next 10 years that's not going to happen so mm. let's put this in context what i'm more more worried about and what the research in in science is suggesting is that as you pointed out a while ago i've got x-rays going through my head What's the impact, right? And so these neurological impacts, the psychological changes, the influence to the thyroid. Believe it or not, um, the thyroid is influenced by the cell phone, and the thyroid controls a whole lot of stuff in your body. Um, the um, the pineal gland. There was a, the most recent research from Yale was that if there is um, uh, 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi signal, and you have a, a, a mutated gene, and there is uh, some other chemical within your body, you were three times more likely to have cancer of the pineal gland. So there is clear influence. When you exercise and you want to try to be as healthy as possible, when you use a cell phone, when you have a Wi-Fi next to you, it suppresses your immune system. Believe it or not, your body is saying, you know, it's not good for me. Mm. I'm going to pull back. My immune will be suppressed as a result of that. And there's a whole raft of gut um, immune system functions that are really being potentially impaired because of these RF signals that are in our environment. And I'm more worried about those kinds of things for us than I am the cancer-related stuff. because. It's, it's really much more of us are getting involved. Mm. For, like, so if you were, um, if you use uh, cell phones for a while, uh, 10 years or more, you're 10, uh, three times more likely to have a, a brain cancer. Um, if you get and you have a, a cell phone exposure that's slightly excess for some reason when you were younger, you may begin having electro hypersensitivity to these these kind of devices. Sorry, say that that last bit again, when? Electromagnetic radiation that is exposed to you, Mm -hmm. you can potentially respond to it after an aggressive exposure to that, to electric hypersensitivity. In other words, when you see a cell phone, you you can barely keep it close to your head because it hurts your head. And that kind of thing is a body response. When you see a bear in the woods and you bump right up into the bear, what do you do? You run, you have, a, you have an automatic response um, to that bear. Well, the body is over time is evolved where it has a cell danger response. The, the cell doesn't properly work because it's now been exposed. And so it's like thinking, well, I'm gonna try to protect myself you may have heard of this as oxidative stress. Yeah. That's what you heard of it as. That's the imbalance of the free radicals with the antioxidants, right? So that stuff is now imbalanced. So the next generation of understanding of oxidative stress is CDR, cell danger response. And that's when you talk about complications that we barely understand. And we're only at the tip of the iceberg in understanding that stuff.
0: Wow. So depending however long you've been using the mobile phone or cell phone could determine your chances of having this uh, hypersensitivity? Yeah, or, yeah. Right, yeah, right. And the phones which were about, um, I don't know, some years ago, maybe 10 or 20 years ago, when they first came out, was the frequency higher or anything? Was Were, were they less... Uh, don't know, maybe less regulated, less yeah regulated for the amount of waves. If that uh, makes so
1: sense. roughly, the RF transmission of a cell phone, Wi-Fi, very little has changed in the frequency ranges they use. Um, so we've gone from the the cell phone back in the seventies, early seventies, and we've gone to um 1g 2g second generation 3g third generation so the phones have evolved over time by and large they've remained basically in the same frequency range right um, and now um, some of your listeners may be aware that we're now into the 5g space with cell phones and 5g much of it is, all within the same frequency rate that it's always been. But there's a small component that's for small cell sites that are using millimeter waves, uh, 20 gigahertz, 90 gigahertz, much faster, faster rates, because the the data being transferred needs to be much more higher uh, for uh, multi- the broadband demand that we have in our society today, mm-hmm. that stuff is very different than what the previous generations have been. So there's not been much change there, except it went from analog to digital, but the rates roughly the same.
0: Right, right. We'll we'll get into 5G in in a moment. I definitely want to get into that.
1: Yeah, we 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 really do because there's a lot of <laughs> stuff going on on there. Yeah. So you'd mentioned about
0: children and obviously yes. their, uh, their, their, their body is being a lot more uh, sensitive. Um, so what's, what's happening for, for children that have mobile phones? Uh, are children more at risk? And also we have, you know, tablets which are now introduced into school. So uh, kids will probably be using it a lot more um than adults in all fairness what's, what's yeah. your what's your views there
1: um well you're absolutely right roger when when, when a, a a six-year-old child uses a cell phone as we mentioned before it goes right through their head what why is that true well when you're growing up you have a very immature skull it's not thick it's not thick as an adult the soft tissue is the softer it is the more malleable it is the more potentially endangered it is as a result like the epidemiology studies i I mentioned it was the heart and the frontal lobe right yeah those are the softest parts of your body so as theirs are even softer than you as an adult so it makes them more susceptible they're actually three to four times more susceptible than URI, And so they have that exposure and there is a penetration of that signal through their entire head. And as they grow up, it becomes less and less until it's one to two inches. Wow. Um, we know, well, here's a, here's a fact. Um, if you have um, a concussion, and you have um, your blood-brain barrier goes down. That is the protection to your, your brain. Um, and you had a signal in your close to your head going into your brain. How much power does it have to have before it mutates a cell? That's the question, right? Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, a cell phone is 1.6 watts per kilogram, as I mentioned before in the U.S. When you have uh, the the conditions I just spoke about, dot 1 watts per kilogram can mutate a frontal lobe cell. Wow. So it takes 15 times less power level to influence that. And, and we know it can damage the, the cell uh, with, with long-term impacts. And that's what we're exposing our children to, uh, is that kind of um, exposure. And the worldwide, there's been very little changes in the standards, although in Europe, um, there's, been, there's been more consciousness about the power levels versus the U.S., almost by half. So, I mean, I'm really encouraged that uh, the European community um, and the standards bodies have worked towards helping reduce these exposures um, to more acceptable levels. Are they acceptable enough for kids? No. They're, they're, just, they're just not. Wow. Wow.
0: Wow. I don't know. It's, it's weird. Every time I hear about <laughs> if if there's certain things which are bad in europe i know the u.s they just take it to next levels like it's weird like if yeah. it's, it's the same as uh, gmos or just the standards of food you know yeah. i've seen people compare food labels of the exact same food and <laughs> the amount of ingredients in the u.s they just increase it by an extra
1: 30 or something it's, yeah and that's exactly what is done with the standards for cell phones, it's sort of, um, and, and and it's not changing. The, yeah. the, the standards bodies in the U.S. are not unlike that in in Europe. Um, the the standard bodies they typically get experts that supposedly understand the technologies, because a layperson coming off the uh, off the street doesn't necessarily understand what they're being exposed to, so the way the standards bodies work is by bringing in those who have been providing the technologies. It's like putting the fox in the henhouse, right? So you, you, the people who have created this and selling the services are those who are helping define the standards. You know, the, the revolving door is—it's re, referred to as a revolving door. That's not unlike what's happening in Europe all the your standards bodies are being driven largely by experts who have come from the industry, not by the medical community, by the way. Right. Typically you don't have your MDs who specialize in neurology. Um, you don't have uh, doctors who understand the impact to the, um, the, the sleeping process mm. uh, being interfered with for an RF signal, which is something we should talk about as well. So, um, it's because the standards bodies uh, have the, the control they have, and they're only influenced over time, unfortunately, after the fact.
0: It's, it seems to me as though it's really important, like before something like this can be, I don't know, like just widespread spread and everywhere, it's like you don't have a say in the matter. As to whether you're going to be exposed to EMF, like right. you go into an airport, uh, you know, radiation around you. Obviously, there's certain spots which is going to be more than others. Airport being one of them, and it's, I don't know. It's it's just a standard procedure. It's it's, and there's no. You was talking about no like no like real neurologists or like real medical experts who's a part of this whole thing. How, how's that right. even possible? Like. And you've got no say in the matter. However, right. if you decide to, I don't know, you can drink and become intoxicated and you could get arrested for being intoxicated, but yet yeah. you can be intoxicated
1: through EMF against your will and yeah. you can't say anything about it. Right. And and there is evidence. Well, I'll give you a story. Um, the head of the fcc that's the standards body in the u.s that defines those standards Mm. the 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 chairman of that was the chairman of the cell phone industry for 30 years and so he went from being a representative of of the of the cell phone industry and became the head of the fcc which defines the standards for that service, for that industry, right? Mm. And, and guess what? They were the ones who fairly recently approved the 5G standards. And so we as individuals didn't have influence. A lot of medical community experts attempted to influence, but were unsuccessful. And so there are now several uh, lawsuits against the FCC in the US to try to help bring more current understanding to that standards body of what the impacts can be to the human. Mm, mm. <sighs> you know, so, you know, this sounds like really bad stuff to some extent, but the reality of it is, Roger, when I'm sort of cutting to the chase. If you have a cell phone to your head, As I mentioned, one to two inches in can heat up by two degrees. Well, if you have it four foot away, 98% of that danger is gone. So it's just understanding the environment and the things you can do to minimize those exposures. And there are a lot we can do. And we're going to talk more about that, but I want to make sure we understand that if you're aware of your environment, um, you can plan for that and you can get pretty safe, um, independent of what's going on by the standards bodies. Mm. You mm. can stay pretty safe. Excellent.
0: Excellent. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, we'll definitely come to that. We're going to go to, we're going to come to like all the safety measures and stuff. Right. Afterwards. I yeah. just want to we... get into the understanding of
1: potential dangers and what we need to be wary of and that sort of thing. So one of the things I was going to mention to you before is, uh, and we were talking about, you may become electro hypersensitive. Mm. Remember that? Over 20% of us are electric hypersensitive. You get to a cell phone. You can feel it in your head. You can feel a tingling in your hand. Um, You get foggy, you get dizzy. Um, So, Over 20% of the entire population is electric hypersensitive. Uh, So we already know that it's, you would remember chemical sensitivity, multiple chemical sensitivity. Um, People have problems with multiple organic compounds, gases in the air. 20% of the population is electric hypersensitive to. Chemicals in the air, gases in the air. Uh, that's the same for um, for the electro hypersensitive, um, and it's growing very quickly. And believe it or not, eighty percent of those are women. Oh, really? Not men. Yeah, <laughs> they they're women, and we don't know why, but it's true that. You know they they may be the canary in the coal mine where um they because they're more sensitive for hormonal reasons for whatever yeah. those reasons they're they're becoming more sensitive, and it can get pretty serious for some of them, debilitating it sometimes. and
0: there wouldn't be an actual experiment or study to show like if two people two people had used a cell phone for a certain amount of time, what the impact will be to show the differences. No.
1: Right, exactly. Mm. That kind of stuff hasn't happened, so you can't prove it. Yeah. Uh, in other words, in fact, the way I like to describe it, the only way the the um, community at large would ever accept the guarantee that there's a challenge is if you take ten thousand children, put them in a classroom, turn on the Wi-Fi, God. and ten years later, see what happens. And then take another ten thousand, give them um, uh, GMO uh, products, uh, non-GMO products, uh, good eating, uh, good exercise, and then compare the populations. If there is an increase in cancers as a result of direct links to the the transmitters, then we now can prove that. It's dangerous, and of course, mm. we're never going to do that, Roger. Right? We're never going to take tin children kids. So it's going to be a debate for for a long time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. What's the difference between you have ionizing radiation and you have non-ionizing? I mean, they're both radiation, but what's the difference exactly?
1: Yeah, that's that's a very good question, Roger, because. Some argue that ionized radiation can be lethal, but ionizing can't, non-ionizing can't. So there's an argument around that. Well, what is ionized radiation? Um, X-rays, when you go to the dentist and they put this machine next to your teeth and they run into the other room and you hear the zeep this noise, and they look out and they look and see if you're still there. That's ionized radiation. Right. That's terror rates. They're they they're orders of magnitude higher rates than the cell phones or um, um, RF signals. In fact, um, ultraviolet light is X-ray uh, is, uh, is uh, uh, electromagnetic radiation. It's visible electromagnetic radiation, and ultraviolet is where it goes from non-ionized to ionized. That's where the break is, believe it or not. Right. And so, so what happens when they point that cone to your to your teeth? Um, what the concern is that there's enough energy coming from the uh, transmission that it will take the electron that's spinning around that atom and it will knock it out of its orbit and then we will charge it from negative to positive that's what ionizing come from it comes from it becoming positive and because ionized has enough energy to knock it out of its orbit so there is a clear direct link that's evident for so many that this could be dangerous and I gotta stay away from it. Well, it turns out that with non-ionizing radiation, the breakdown of the cell is very different. The breakdown of the cell, there's a, a membrane around the cell. And when you have this microwave signal hitting this membrane of the cell, it begins weakening, and when it gets to the point of being really, really weak, your own calcium channel, your own calcium within your body will penetrate the cell. It, be, it fills with oxide, and then there's other chemical things that happen where it becomes mutated and DNA damage. So the mechanics are different, uh, how the breakdown is, but both have the end result right so
0: the non-ionizing is still creating damage but maybe in a slower way
1: yeah a- in a different way the mechanics mm. the mechanics are different
0: yeah but yeah. it's
1: still at the end of the day a dna damaged cell yeah wow Wow! <laughs> wow! I'm just I'm just amazed. Yeah. So let's, and, let's... and there's a lot of research on on the breakdown of non ionizing cell. Uh, Dr. Mm. Paul has done a wonderful work in breaking down the mechanics for us.
0: Dr. Paul who?
1: Um. Dr. Powell is his name. P. A. U. L.
0: Oh. Oh. Right. Oh. Okay. Yeah.
1: Out of a, a, a West Coast of the U.S. Um, and he's done wonderful work for us understanding it. As Dr. Ali Johansson has done wonderful work showing us how uh, emissions can suppress our immune system. What are the mechanics of the suppression and what's actually happening with our body and, um, and documenting what that is. So we're getting more and more knowledgeable about this stuff as we go along. Yeah,
0: yeah. Hopefully with the more knowledge we have. Yep more yep. legislations possibly, Pff, I don't know it's it, it's almost conspiratorial like uh, I don't know um, I do question whether the, anything will be done about it. it it seems, I think you mentioned it's a, a multi-trillion trillion or whatever, there's, right. there's too much money
1: involved uh, there's no doubt, it's uh, always been true but you know um, I o- often tell the story about Frame of mind with smoking. Uh, I remember in nineteen uh, late late seventies, um, in the UK, there was there were pediatricians asking the chairman of of uh, uh, a, a cigarette firm, "Is it good for a woman who's pregnant to smoke?" And this guy says, "No, there's no reason why you shouldn't smoke." And then he said, wait a minute, the baby's actually gonna be smaller because of the cigarette smoking. And what woman wouldn't want a smaller baby? (laughs) That's what he said at that time, right? Well, well, look, what happened Roger was years and years later, they lost in court ultimately, right? They were brought to court, evidence was presented and it became common knowledge. I actually believe that's what's going to happen here. Yeah. Uh, um, I really do.
0: After lots of deaths and lots of, yeah, yeah cancers there's, and all yeah, all there's a lot
1: of collateral damage in between. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So we're now venturing a, in an era of 5G. Yes. Um, that's going to be everywhere. You'd mentioned briefly about the different frequencies between yes. maybe 4G and 5G. Or, from 1G up into 5G. Would you be able to just go through that again and just explain the differences?
1: Yes. This is really good stuff, Roger. It it turns out throughout the entire world, almost all of the 5G, quote-unquote, deployments are below 10 gigahertz. It's in the same range as up to 4G has been. And so a lot of the claims that there could be potential dangers and we don't know about it is being addressed, but with technology that's been around for 30 years. So that's not really where the concern is, because we already know that you're going to get neurological impact we already know you're going to get physiological we know what the, what that range is when you start talking about the real bandwidth needs it's really to your home what they do is they want to be able to provide wireless service to your house for your cable service for your telephone service and for that they have to allow a lot more stuff to get through the the wireless channel to your house. That's what's called a uh, small cell site. The small cell site throughout the world are somewhere between 20 gigahertz, which is two to three times more than anything available up to 4G. Wow. And up to 90 gigahertz. And it can go up to 300 gigahertz. It's almost, almost getting to the terahertz space. We don't know much about it, right? But but here's some things we do know. Um, one of the things we haven't talked about uh, is, and I'm sure you understand, uh, given your um, commitment to the body, um, we know that the 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 bacteria and virus in your stomach. There are 10 times more bacteria and viruses in your stomach than cells in your body. So, when there becomes an imbalance, that's not so good. And we could talk about that more, but my point is that we know RF signals disrupt that bacteria. We know through research that the bacteria like it. Maybe some more than others like it. And so some of this disruption we have with our biome, um, something in part because of the RF signals that are around your body and impacting the, the, uh, the, the, um, the bacteria within the, within the stomach lining. So that we know. Well, at 20 gigahertz, one study, by the way, there's very, there are no real studies in 5G, and that's some of the argument that we really don't know why. Uh, you're deploying something we have no idea what it's going to do. But we know at um, 20 gigahertz that the stomach bugs love it, maybe even more so than the RF up to 4G. So if I were to predict a trend, it would be, I think we're going to see more disrupted biome. Why? Because bugs like those signals and they propagate and they don't necessarily propagate at the same rate. So you can have good bugs that don't like it and bad bugs that love it bad bugs that can influence your body's response when you're trying to heal and all those kinds of things. So we know at 20 Hertz, one of the very few studies I've been able to see that there is some potential for small cell sites to have that impact into your body. We also know at 80, somewhere about 80, no, it's 90 gigahertz. Um, There in war, um, there is a, A gun that can shoot an RF signal, a 90 gigahertz signal, and it can um, irritate the body, it turns out that your sweat glands resonate at 90 gigahertz. So they act as a little antenna. And when they're acting like an antenna, and you have this unit targeting you The reason you run and heat up is because these things are being absorbed by your body by your own little antennas So we know at 90 gigahertz at the right power levels. It really can be disruptive
0: We're just gonna take a short break and return right back Have you ever considered protecting yourself from EMF? although we can't see it hear it smell it, or taste it, it doesn't neglect the fact that it exists, and the truth is, it affects us all. High-level EMF exposure is known to cause neurological and physiological dangers by disrupting human nerve function. It may also damage DNA, disrupt homeostasis, leading to oxidative stress and cancer. Protecting yourself and your loved ones has never been more important. Summer Vedic can possibly help. The core function of Samavedic is mitigation of EMF and psychosomatic zones. It can perfectly harmonize the body and the environment you live in. It works through precious and semi-precious stones and has been tested and verified by science too. For more information or to get yourself one of these devices, just visit summervedic.com and use coupon code SNIPES10 and get yourself 10% off. That website link again is summervedic.com and use coupon code SNIPES10 and get 10% off. This podcast is brought to you by Magnesium Breakthrough. Magnesium is one of the most essential minerals required by the body. The problem with what we have today is that much of our soil are destroyed, which means deficiency in much of the food which we buy. The level of stress in modern society is more too, which means magnesium depletion in our body. Overall, a large majority of the population is deficient in magnesium, and they wouldn't even know. Some common symptoms of low magnesium are fatigue, tiredness for no logical reason, digestive issues, muscle cramps, weak pumps when training, irregular heartbeat, just to name a few. Magnesium breakthrough has seven blends of magnesium with a precursor to increase chances of absorption To get your hands on these high-quality supplements, visit Bioptimizers.com and use coupon code SNIPES10 for 10% off. That website link again is Bioptimizers.com and use coupon code SNIPES10 for 10% off. We are now going to return right back to the podcast. Thank you.
1: currently used in, uh, crowd control and, and, and other war conditions. Oh really? So,
0: crowd yeah. control? Oh yeah.
1: When, the, when, when you and I were, when you and I were uh, at the college and we were, we were, we wanted change, uh, and, and then they pointed that gun at us and we ran because it was getting too hot. It's used often for that purpose. Uh, so, it's, it's literally done today and it's been around for a while at 90 gigahertz. Um, but believe it or not, beyond that, we really don't know what the impact of the body is going to be. Um, we really don't know how the um, the organs of the body will respond. We don't know how... The, the body has like 4,000 functions. Um, I mentioned to you uh, before that uh, RF it disrupts that. Um, and I'll give you a little bit more. Um, when, when you have, I mentioned the um, um, ultraviolet light. Well, blue light is right next to ultraviolet. So, you know, it's almost an ionized signal. So, when you look at a monitor, those are LEDs, high-intensity LEDs. And they're generating blue light. So when you have a, a, at night, uh, you're thinking of going to bed um, and you're looking at your tablet for two hours before you go to bed, there's a little um, protein, a a cryptochrome protein in the back of the eye. That's the switch that turns on and off the melatonin. So, like, all of a sudden, the RF, the, The electromagnetic radiation is now disrupting body function to the point where you're not generating the melatonin, which, by the way, is influenced by the gut as much as anything else. And you can't sleep. And you're wondering why I can't sleep. Well, that's because the switch didn't go on when it should have. It's also true when you have a cell phone right underneath your pillow. It's disrupting the pineal glands control of the melatonin Uh, uh, and so there is disruption up to 4g that we're aware of for body functions when it gets up to 20 gigahertz and higher we we just don't know and remember where i started with this i'm not worried about cancer I'm, i'm really worried about the stress it does to the body and what's that impact um, and will that push the 20% of us that are electric hypersensitive to the 30% of us? I, we just don't know. Mm. Science truly just doesn't know.
0: It, it, it leaves me discombobulated as to how this can even be legal. Yeah, when it's I, true. When I think about it.
1: So he, here's a, s- some information. When you when you have, uh, I said a 1.6 watts for your cell phone is the standard in the U.S. In the U.K., I think it's half that, roughly. Um, and, and so, when you have a um, a cell site that it's being transmitted to, that's 60 watts. If you're within a thousand foot of that 60 watts transmitter, you're three times more likely to get cancer. Oh three my times God. more likely three times, right? 60 watts. Well, remember we were talking about the uh, small cell site, right? The 5G small cell site. Mm. They have to transmit at 20 watts to only go 750 feet. So the signal can't go five miles like today's 60 watt generated cell phone transmission. It has to be 750 fat at 20 watts. We've never had 20 watts so close to us. Yeah. What's the impact? I don't know. It's like a I public experiment. Know. It is truly, it really is. And I'm not being facetious about that. We really just simply don't know. And it's not unusual that humans introduce stuff that's bad for us. We, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the, um, the trans fats. I don't, know, I don't know in the U.K. what it was. In the U.S., we had trans fats uh, that we cooked our French fries in. And about 30 some years ago, um, a, 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 a chemical engineer uh, um, debated that I don't think it's the eggs that are killing us. I think it's the trans fats we're cooking with. And, um, and sure enough, It took 30 years, but last year they banned it in the U.S. I'm not sure about the U.K., but I know in the U.S. it was just banned. It took over 30 years before it got off the market.
0: So – how was trans fat sold? Like it was sold what, in jars in shops or something?
1: Yeah, for your, for your French fries. The, the commercial shops would put it in there and cook it in their French fries. They made the fries more crispy. <laughs> you know. And at the time, there was collateral damage. The arteries would fill up. Uh, the cholesterol would build. And in part, it was being um, hampered because of the trans fats we were using to cook in. But it took a long time. For that biochemist to um, help us understand um, from the start to end what the ultimate goal uh, problem was. Mm. So this is not unusual stuff, and so it's not unusual that stuff is deployed without really knowing its real impact. Yeah. But at the same time, as you uh, are the recipient of those services, you need to be aware of how you want to live with that in your life. And there are things you can do.
0: I want us to, in a moment, get into what we can do to mitigate these EMFs and ways in protecting ourselves. But as we kind of glide into that, I want to ask if, I don't know, our bodies would evolve and adapt through the toxins, Um, you know, as a kind of hormetic stress
1: thing? Actually, um, wonderful wonderful question. I should have explained this. Um, Because our bodies haven't seen this in our environment, it truly is just another toxin. And as you were speculating, I think, the body can figure out what to do with it. And over time, evolution will modify the body and how it performs to deal with that additional toxin in the environment. So the reality of is, as I said before, I had a cell phone, had no one to call. Today, a six-year-old child has it. For the last 30 some odd years, it has been snowballing into our life very 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 quickly and our bodies haven't had a chance to build up resistance it's literally that simple
0: okay so it's been evolving quicker uh, sorry the technology has been probably evolving quicker than our bodies have
1: yes exactly mm. yeah that's absolutely a fact um and and it, the electromagnetic radiation like sneaks in it, it if If I hit you with my hand on your face, it's going to hurt because the body will have a mass that it sees. The RF signal is so small. It can't see it. And it just goes right through. And so it takes time for the, for the body to sort of recognize it's a fist and I got to do something about it, but I haven't figured out what to do just yet.
0: Mm. Wow. This is this is
1: fascinating and scary stuff. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's it, yeah, but but I like to say you yeah. you know uh, you actually do control a lot of it. You you really can, and it's not a big deal um, if you are diligent. Yeah, and and so, but the problem is you don't know how real it is until you have a chance to start exploring it a little bit. Mm -hmm. and remember I was when I started in this it was almost by accident that I got involved I had a lot of background in this stuff and one day my wife says to me that she my sons were using their laptops on their laps for hours and she says that can't be good I want grandchildren you know these are adult men and I said to her the power levels of those signals are no way to disrupt the cell there's no way that can be true and then I said, but you know, I'm an engineer, so let me go take a quick look. And I started looking at the research. I was amazed, 25% of the male sperm is, is uh, disrupted after three or four hours of exposure to an RF signal. So this was known several years ago. Um, and I was like, I didn't know about it. And I was in the industry. Mm. How many other of us don't know it? Um, and so the moral of the story is, don't put it on your lap for four hours and you'll be fine.
0: Is, is there a certain gap between the laptop and your genitals where it could be safe?
1: Yes, ab- absolutely. Um, th- the, these are exponentially dropping signals. In other words, the power can be really high when it's really close to you, but a very short distance away, an arm's length away, it's almost no problem at all with Mm -hmm. almost all the technology around us except the the wi-fi the wi fis you got to keep a little further but uh, rule of thumb just make sure that you don't stay on your cell phone for very long periods of time for very long months years because the cumulative effect is clearly going to be there if you have to put it in speaker mode um, get earbuds like you and I are using
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: earbuds. I've got the removes. better ones
0: downstairs. <laughs> the The ones from uh, your company.
1: Yeah, you you really you really should use it. Believe it or not, I use That's it all the time.
0: Different. I just use this on the laptop. I don't know. Does it make a difference?
1: It, it does actually. Right, believe it or right. not, mm-hmm. if you're electric hypersensitive, you would know the di- you could feel the difference. Mm. Um, and so, so it's um, the duration of time you use it. And if you if you use a cell phone five minutes a day for the rest of your life, you're going to be perfectly fine. It's not long enough to really have a negative impact. If you use it an hour to two hours continuously uh, for, uh, uh, every day for 20 days, for 100 days, for a thousand days, it will accumulate, and the probability is will it increase that you, you, that there may be negative effects. Mm-hmm. So. Time, the amount of time you use it, the duration, and the distance. Distance is where, when you have it directly, it's the worst case. Arms length, it almost completely disappears. So anything in between is better. The farther away you get, mm. very very simple rules. And and so, when you, when I when I come home um, from the office. I take my cell phone and I put it in one part of my house. And I walk around to the rest of the house, but I don't bring it with me. Right. Uh, so I'm reducing that exposure. When um, I put a Wi Fi in my house, I take it and put it at the farthest place in my house where no one lives. And I turn it on, uh, everyone can get Wi Fi uh, service. I don't use Wi-Fi transmitters. I have Ethernet connection throughout the house. Right. And I re- simply reduce those exposures. In fact, uh, the rule of thumb, Roger, is, is pretty simple. Um, the analogy is one bee won't kill you, a thousand will. So your goal is to turn off every uh, stinger, every bee in your house when you can. By doing that, you actually substantially reduce exposures. So like, let's let's get into that. Let's get into
0: the you know mitigating measures, ways in which you can protect yourself around your home. So you just said right now, um, Ethernet um, in the uh, in the router as opposed to Wi-Fi. Yeah,
1: um, act, actually, I'm I'm talking to you right now. I have a laptop. That's not used as a laptop. I'm not, it's not in my lap. I have it several feet away from me. I have a monitor I use from the laptop that's connected ethernet. I have a keyboard that's wired, not Bluetooth, a keyboard. I'm reducing with this configuration, all the potential of all the electronics around me in this workstation Mm. very simple things to do actually improves the performance and it's much safer by taking a little bit of those kinds of actions
0: awesome Um, what else what else can we do um around the house
1: around the house um you want to do when you have um your new speaker system that can be wi-fi It can also be Ethernet. When you have your new TV controller, that's an interactive Wi-Fi connection for your TV broadband services, you can have that connected Ethernet. Those are the bees in the room. Reduce those number of transmitters in those rooms. You substantially reduce those risks. Um, uh, When you use a cell phone, um, put it in another room, put it four foot away minimum and don't worry about it but don't put it in your pocket Uh, don't put it in your uh, your bra um, because we know for sure that there are direct links to cancer that can occur with those close uh, linkages so very simple things about time distance and reducing the number of bees in the room will improve your environment we're pretty safe Mm. What about the uh e was
0: it e what do you call it uh your eml eml like the you know like plug sockets and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah,
1: yeah yeah extremely low frequency stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um mm. what's interesting about that is that it can be dangerous too, right? Every electronic thing you have and operate generates that kind of emission. And so in this case if you have um, any electrical device, you wanna make sure that you're not sitting close to it. You, 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 and close is right on top of it. If you're a couple of feet away, you're pretty safe. Um, when you dry your hair, which is a high, there's a high emissions when you dry your hair. Uh, you wanna, you want to uh, limit it, Don't don't do it as much long durations of time Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and simple uh, exercises like that have a substantial impact in reducing those exposures. One thing we haven't spoke about, which is actually fairly important and we've danced around it a little bit is your bedroom. You really want to make sure that your bedroom is as clean as it can be because it disrupts the body. There's no question about it. And we talked a little bit about, um, uh, the the cell phone, you don't want it under your pillow. You want it in the other room. I personally turn my power my uh, Wi-Fi off, even though it's in another room. I completely turn it off with a power plug. It goes on automatically in the morning at seven o'clock. It goes off at ten o'clock at night automatically. Yeah. I eliminate it. Uh, clocks. You make sure that clock is at least four foot away from you. So you can see it, in my case, it's harder because I don't see very well anymore, but, but you want it far away. You do not want it close to your head because that's when ELF, the, that, that alternating current uh, transmission is hitting your, your body and it's truly disrupting body function. And so you really want the most pristine sleeping environment as you can and that will more likely maximize the best sleep you'll have without much disruption from electronics.
0: Mm. Uh, what's your thoughts on uh grounding equipment, like uh, maybe a grounding sheet, grounding mats and that sort of thing.
1: Very interesting. question. I'm an engineer and I, I ran laboratories for years about this stuff. So yeah. um, in some instances, I think it does make sense. Like if you have a grounding pad um, on your computer, uh, on, on, the base, uh, on, on the floor, and you have your feet on it, and um, your computers are configured the way I described it, there may be, there may be some benefit. Um, if you have that same configuration and a cell phone on your head for three hours a day you're still gonna die. The, the grounding pad has no impact with RF. RF um, um, will look towards that grounding, but if there's a source close to you, it's literally not changing the direction of that transmission, so there's no benefit. Um, at night, I'm even careful about night when you put those grounding pads on your underneath the bed, because it's a source, it's, it's a draw. Uh, RF shorts the ground, it looks for the fastest path, like uh, lightning. Lightning looks for the quickest path. RF looks for the quickest path. So at night, you're attracting RF to you and then to the pad. I'm not sure that's a very good thing
0: right right
1: I really don't recommend it for that reason because you could have excess exposures that you wouldn't have normally gotten if you choose sometimes a floating ground is better that is it it's not grounded to your ground your home ground your your your, your house ground but it, it floats um, not connected to anything electricity will still find it but it won't be as attracted to it and so that's a little better. So I, 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 I like grounding pads for certain conditions, but it's certainly not a, a saver for some cases. In fact, one of the, uh, he believes he was the inventor of it, made the mistake of talking to me about it because I'm pretty knowledgeable about this stuff. And I said, you don't know what you're talking about. And all of a sudden the next day he came to me, and he said, my God, I never thought about it the way you did. It can be dangerous, and we really should be careful about when we subscribe it and its use. But it can be safe for many cases, but it's potentially dangerous for others.
0: I'm just trying to figure out what's the best way to check to make sure it's okay. I do have a grounding sheet on my bed, Um, I have a grounding mat.
1: A a grounding sheet is a floating ground. Okay. That's a good thing. Okay. Uh, A grounding pad is a more direct path to ground not necessarily as good as the floating. the floating ground is probably all you need
0: okay cool. yeah
1: really it's it's sort of it's not going to excessively attract and you're going to be fairly safe mm. uh, if it is if it has the right uh, level of conductivity in it
0: talk to me about defender shield is defender shield is the defender company shield. You...
1: yeah well well roger Um, remember I told you the story about my wife and wanting grandchildren. Um, right. I told you that story. Well, by the way, I don't have grandchildren yet, but, (laughs) but, but, but at that time I said, you know, it was funny. I, I was in the electrical world for so many years, but I was educated as a mechanical engineer. So what I did is I said, I can figure out how to shield it. And I sort of developed a shielding technology that shielded, um, my the, the the private parts of the man and the woman. And, and I thought at that time, we're not victims. There are things we can do, not just moving, not just time, not just duration, not just distance. There's also shielding mechanics you can use to help when there's technology close to your body. It started with the Defender Pad, which is a device that shields the emissions, the ELF and RF that are being emitted from a laptop. That's where I started. It was because I felt we're not victims. I I didn't know it was a problem, but I know I can do something about it. Mm. And then um, we we were going, I I figured I'd build a thousand of these. And then if anybody buys it, the thousand, then I'd keep on making them. If not, I'd I'd quit. Turned out that never stopped for the last 10 years. We just keep on adding. And I had the technology. And then I read an article about um, these parents bought a 16-year-old child a cell phone. And uh, she was a very healthy young lady, uh, but she used the phone all the time. Within a year, she had frontal lobe cancer and passed away. And that really disturbed me because I knew if she was using my cell phone shielding, the signal can't get through. It just can't get through. And so I said, let's take our technology and let's apply it to cell phones. Um, And we've never stopped. We keep Mm -hmm. on building technologies and our technologies into other products to protect the human body. Talk to
0: me about the headphones. Sorry. Yeah. The, the, the earbuds, as you call it, that you
1: have. Yeah, actually that was another thing. Um, it, It turns out because we deal with so many electric hypersensitive, they couldn't put earbuds in their, their their ears. The electronic current and the emissions from that around their head bothered them. So I said, I can fix that. I'll, I'll, I'll take the signal up halfway, I'll convert it to a speaker, and I'll go acoustical up to the ear. And that's what we did. And that was the start. I eliminated the source completely by uh, going acoustical. What and does that I, mean? Th- that means acoustical is when you hear something in the air, that's acoustics. Right. It's it's no interference. It's literally the purest sense in a sense, right? right. And I just con- took a, a speaker, rather than put a speaker in the room and played it, I put a tube into the speaker to my ear. That and that's way, what you have
0: there along... Right, the, that, the, that's what I'm doing. It's, it's all air. When when that came to me, when it when it, it came in the post, I was trying to figure out: Do I detach the tube? And I was almost trying to detach it. I was like, <laughs> No, no. I was like, Wow, this is hanging down to my lap.
1: Maybe I need to take it off. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Right. And, and you. And the other thing, Roger was, I, I really try to build the best we can, and. Um, I wanted to build earbuds that people who listen to music would love to use. Mm. So the quality of the of the uh, of the earbuds are the highest quality that you can have. Um, so, and that was that was driven by our customers, uh, the, those who were uh, sensitive to uh, electromagnetic radiation. Um, That's perfect. Yeah. So we've been driven by the need of the customer base. So um,
0: you have those and you have the, uh, it, it's like a, a fanny pack. What do you call it?
1: It, it is a fanny pack, right? <laughs> it's a pouch. That's and what it pouch. is. Yeah, it, yeah. It, It's a fanny pack. And that's because people maybe just don't want to use a, um, a defender shield or any other shielding for their phone, but they want protection when it's close to the body. So we have shielding inside where you put it in and you're perfectly safe and the phone rings. Mm -hmm. And when you do use it, there's an exposure, but if you limit your time, that pouch is more than adequate for what you need. And we have that. And it's, it's been designed by the, 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 uh, the females of our team Mm -hmm. (laughs) Before my son and I were the only ones doing this. And, you know, everything was black and very, um, utilitarian. Uh, and of course now we have design in what we do. <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have anything else? You've got these two we, things. We have the blankets.
1: Mm. We have a baby blanket. It, it, it bothers me that women who are pregnant, uh, w- we know that it's in vitro. There can be influence before the child's born. Yeah. And so when a woman is pregnant, Um, they can expose a child. And in fact, there was a study in uh, San Francisco um, a couple of years ago (coughs) where they measured the RF levels in the room. And and then they looked at a bunch of um, exposures for a bunch of women. And what they found is if the levels were high, they were three times more likely to have miscarriage in the first trimester. It was that serious. So we actually created a, a blanket for them. So when they were sitting around, they would be that they'd have that protection. If their child was born, that child could have that protection. That's the floating ground that you use when you right. sleep. Right. Yeah. We we tried it. We did did it for the child. Um, and so we keep on creating products that people can choose to use. Along with their technologies, and keep them safe.
0: That's really good. What, what about the full-on blanket for adults?
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. We weren't sure anybody was going to buy the baby blanket. Then we introduced a, a mid-size full blanket, and we're selling that like crazy. Now we have a queen-size blanket, and everyone's buying that blanket. So, <laughs> it's, so so it's it's like when we think um, there's an, a need. We try to build and we try to expand it if the customer base suggests that's something they want from us. And it turns out we've been doing, we now have, by the way, like earbuds. I went to a, a conference and there was a, a woman who had a autistic child and he couldn't put our earbuds in his ear. It bothered him. And that was about two years ago. And And, and so I said, I'll build something for you. And just regular headsets that are, have acoustical links, right. I actually began developing that. And two years later, we now have it in production. And so I'm going to have, so, and they're, they're almost studio quality. Um, wow. So um, you keep the technology up, um, build the best product you can and keep people safe that's it that's it yeah, i definitely go to
0: check a... those out when it's ready <laughs> yeah we,
1: we should have them very shortly and it's for kids i still have the name of that woman who had a problem with her son oh, i'm wow. gonna just send it to her all right that's amazing yeah we try to try to help if we can
0: yeah so what what other measures do you think would help people to keep safe um do you think there's anything uh, to do with diet that would help at all
1: oh yeah, we haven't spoke about this, Roger. Um, I've hinted about the biome. It turns out that electric hypersensitive, there are, when, when you, you, there are standards for your biome. And when you have it analyzed, there are everything kept in balance. When there's an imbalance, when there's a bacteria, that's more than it should be, it does impact the way the body's responding. It turns out we've found certain bacteria propagate with the electric hypersensitive more than others. They're always out of range and that has impact to their own immune system. So we've actually been finding ways of uh, measuring that and then, Bringing together probiotics uh, that can help that imbalance back to balance. At the same time, the the um, the um, the food you eat is extraordinarily important for that biome. And if there's a biome that's out, and you're taking a probiotic, but you're eating crap, you still have the problem with the probiotic. I mean, with the biome, and so the the what you eat is extraordinarily important. Balance. You're wanting to improve the cell danger response by feeding uh, your body in a healthy way. So it, it is truly important. The more you're electric hypersensitive, the more important it is. Um, and so, what you eat, your biome, and your and I've talked about this before, the neurological stuff. We know that there's modifications in the uh, the patterns, the alpha, beta patterns of the brain. So we know that um, there are tools on the marketplace that helps um, adjust that to a more standard uh, pattern. And that's becoming important for the electrohypersensitive. So there are a lot of things going far beyond what we do that's happening in clinics that we work with to try to help people who are dealing with particularly like hypersensitive
0: Mm. and,
1: and bringing these tools to them. So they improve their own, their own health.
0: Right. Right. And it is important. Yeah. 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 Of course. Um, Does uh, EMF deplete the body of any particular type of minerals as such where you it's, Good to have it as a, as a supplementation?
1: I'm not going to answer the question because it came into my mind. Everyone who's electrohypersensitive hypersensitive has excess zinc. Oh, really? Yeah, we don't know why, right? You, I don't understand why, but there's absolutely true that, um, that there are um, patterns of um weakness in the mineral world that does impact the body itself that is part of the the response to the emissions that they're in their environment so um and i'm not an expert at any of that stuff yeah yeah but 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 one of the things that triggered in my mind was zinc who would ever thought it was zinc i actually and you know women i think it's hormonal uh, there there are a lot of reasons why that's, but every one of them had the same problem. All of them had uh, the excess zinc. Um, that's pretty interesting. It's like really strange stuff. So uh-huh. those things are important and they should be tried to be kept in check, particularly if you like to hypersensitive. And it does help if you eat right and you do the things and you minimize exposures, it does improve your um, quality of life.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what about any kind of biohacks like, um, uh, hot and cold exposure, um, infrared, um,
1: actually light is, is useful. Um, Mm -hmm. um, and I know clinics have been successful in balancing using light therapy. Um, so I know that's been, um, successful. Um, A lot of the biohacking stuff sort of missed the mark a little bit, Um, and that's one of the things we're trying to figure out with some clinics are how do we figure out what those biohacks really should be. Um, In fact, um, we're also trying now to figure out how we may be able to bring some supplement. I was really, I really believed we could nourish the cell with uh, vitamin um, uh, mix. Um, I now believe it's more likely true that it's the uh, peptides uh, that are more likely to be successful in changing the tide of the exposure um, as well as high concentrations of the right vitamin C and other things that mm-hmm. we, we know uh, helps the cell uh, rebuild itself and evolve.
0: I think uh, Dr. Joseph Macola, in his book EMF, have you have you checked that book out?
1: Yes. You? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Did he mention know. something about magnesium? Magne- magnesium is something that is known to help be helpful, uh, but I'm not sure if it's if it's the right long term. One of the things that we're finding is, and here's another layer of the onion, that some of the fundamental building blocks of chemicals you need are actually generated by bacteria. Right. And if you get that in check, then you get everything else in check in time. And so we're trying, I'm trying to go to the source, uh, and, um, (laughs) yeah, magnesium is in dark chocolate and it, 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 you should eat it because you're going to feel good about the chocolate as well as you're improving your body health so uh no it is something that we know for sure has been helpful i'm just not sure if it's the long-term protocol yeah. i just don't know i'm trying to
0: think of the long term for everybody who right yeah you know
1: emf is probably
0: going to be here to stay yeah. So we need to think of a way how yeah. at least we and can help. Believe
1: it or not, it, it's the diet. Um, it, it really is an important part of your lifestyle that does help regulate the ability of the cell to protect itself. That's really what you're trying to do, and it's in the natural way of doing it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and I'm not an expert on on diet, but we do have experts we're working with. Uh, that actually coaches um, people on what is the right diet for them based on, believe it or not, their biome.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's really important for like a a wide variety of things in all fairness. I've I've had a microbiome test and learned about all the different bacteria in my body and it was quite interesting to find that if my body needs to produce a certain type of reaction i need to eat a combination of certain types of foods for that to happen
1: yeah right exactly it's
0: it's like
1: it it is fascinating to me it's like the next generation of medical treatment you know finding the body's ability to fix itself making sure that the right stuff's going in so everything's going to work is becoming important but yet it was always important we just lost sight of it yeah so is there anything
0: else which you would suggest, um, I don't, any, anything else you think can help people to make the right choices and to live a yeah. healthy life, EMF
1: protected? Well, well, you're the architect of your own destiny. And we've talked about a lot of things. Some things seem a little scary, a little negative, but I don't look at it that way at all. There are things you can control in our environment that mitig- minimize those exposures. And you're the architect of that. No one else. Don't rely on your government. Don't rely on your friends. Don't don't rely on your neighbors. It's you who have to take control. And when you have children, you particularly should be careful because those exposures are starting at an earlier age and they have to live with it far longer than you do. So making sure they're right, protocols been established for for your children is sort of pretty important to start today. Mm. So, um, and learn. Uh, One one of the things uh, we haven't talked about is uh, uh, I have Defender Shield uh, products at defendershield.com. I spend a lot of time trying to get the latest understanding of this space. So we have an educational section, a learning section, and we, we put out a blog on all these subject matters, like, like smart meters, you keep on hearing about smart meters. Mm -hmm. Well, I just edited the final version of what is a smart meter and is it dangerous? It's not as dangerous as you think it is, if you think about what it is. And so we try to break that stuff down for in our blogs. So you have a, a practical sense of what you should be concerned about and what not to be concerned about. Oh,
0: that's brilliant. And um, what is the website link for? Uh, Defendershield.com.
1: Yeah. Defender and that and com. that's where they can get our book too, right?
0: Oh, right. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, go so to the what?
0: Radiation Nation.
1: Right. Yeah, right. Radiation Nation. There you awesome. go. Awesome, awesome. Go there and get, get a book and uh, learn a little bit about it. I have like six, seven pages just on what 5G is about and, and what it is that you should be worried about. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, rather than the, you know, the controversy in the in the media, mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes not very well grounded with facts. So mm-hmm. we we try to help uh, clarify that for people.
0: So <clears throat> not only talking about 5G, has it got ways in which you can prepare for it at all? Or is it just information about it?
1: We just we just talk about information about it.
0: OK, um, right, right. OK. Uh, At least they know. <laughs>
1: Roger, I actually have now shielding for 5G. I've been working with for, for several vendors for years, working to find a way of shielding these higher shielding uh, materials, and we've mm-hmm. been able to develop it. So I'm like really excited. I'm not sure what you're going to be able to do beyond distance um, and duration and shielding. So Mm. all three still apply and keep it in mind. Would it be
0: some, would you be working on something that you can actually carry around with you? Is that one of the things you're working on? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: Carrying around. If you have a device and you are wanting to use that device, that's 5g oriented. You'll be able to do that. All the other 5g you're walking around in the, in the environment. You're not concerned because the transmitters are far away. So don't panic about it. Simply recognize you've got to be careful and not too close to these transmitters. Um, but you're fairly safe. Um, and don't panic about it.
0: That's it. Panic, panic. That yeah. only disrupts your, uh, your, uh, immune system as well, isn't it? There's a lot yeah. of stressing and, uh,
1: Oh yeah, uh, uh, right. Uh, I told you, Doctor Ali. I, 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 I'm. He's such a wonderful man. He's done such good work on electric hypersensitive and the suppression of the immune. Um, he's documented what the linkages are, the body paths that it takes, and why it's suppressed. He's he's done wonderful work. We do have a better understanding, so it is real, um, and his work is scientifically proven to be accurate, peer-reviewed, and I'd listen to him if I were you. (laughs) And what's the name again? Dr. Ali Johansson. Ali Johansson, all right. J-O-H-A-N-S-O-N. He's from Sweden. He's been doing this for years. He was a uh, professor in uh, Sweden.
0: Does he have audio books at all? I'm an audio fan, actually. I do like audio books. Well, podcasts, possibly.
1: I, I know he's done uh, podcasts, okay. Uh, he's, a, he's a wonderful, real, a man that tells the facts, mm. um, doesn't elaborate, he simply tells you what the facts are about it. That's why I really, really like Ollie, because mm-hmm. he's just truthful about what the issues are and what you can do about it.
0: Hmm. perhaps I can talk to him later. Yeah, I would well.
1: strongly recommend it. Dr. Ali Johansen.
0: Yeah, an introduction would be nice if
1: you know him, just, you know. I do, yeah. I do. He read my book and I sent it to him in a draft and he said, I actually learned something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow,
1: cool. He'd been doing it for 30 years, but his was for the medical side. He's a neurologist, I think. And mine was oh, the engineering side. So I sort of balanced Everything out by spanning both. That's
0: interesting. You could possibly yeah. do a book together.
1: <laughs> yeah, abs- absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Because there's, this is science. Mm. We're not inventing something that doesn't exist. It's engineering science that's in play, and it's not mystical. We we understand it. Yeah. Um, and uh, and helping each other understand those worlds helps us do a better job or set out to do.
0: Absolutely. So where can people find you? Obviously you've got your website. You have an Instagram Instagram page as well, isn't it?
1: We do. Uh Instagram, uh Facebook. Uh, Facebook. Yeah, we're we, we try to use all the social media um outlets that we can to try And it's to, called
0: Defender Shields. Defender Shield.
1: Them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the Defender Shield, yeah.
0: Are you on yeah. Twitter as well?
1: Uh we are. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, we, we try to be in all forms of social media, as Super. anybody in this business is. I know, today.
0: right? <laughs> it's exhausting, but it's got to be right? done. <laughs> <laughs> it, do, it
1: really does. It really does.
0: So. Oh, well, I'm going to write all of that in the show notes so people can find um, all your information about your okay. book, website, and uh, um, social media links. And Daniel, it's been incredible. I don't know what else <laughs> to say. It's, it's been amazing.
1: Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Um, part of why I'm good is because you're good. Having a conversational style in the direction you want to take it helps your audience understand what they want to see in it. So I really think it's really important. It's hard to find people who can converse about this stuff. Um, but, um, I appreciated the opportunity to chat with you today. It's important stuff.
0: Yeah, it is. It is, and I appreciate it as well. It's uh, it's something that affects everybody. So um, yeah.
1: So by the way, I didn't want to. I'm not. I'm. You can't air this part, but I'm actually negotiating right now with a uh, with a very natural um, fruit fen- fermentation that helps oxygenate the body particularly the frontal lobe, and um, uh, enhance the response to exposures at the cell level. I'm really, really excited about that. Uh, It's not typically what engineering groups do, but Uh I'm I'm finding we need to do that because we have to help people solve the problem. And um, so I'm really, really excited about that.
0: Sounds really um, good.
1: Yeah, it, it will be. I'll let you know because that's stuff like I'm pretty sure you'd be interested in
0: because mm,
1: mm. um, it's really health oriented stuff. Exactly.
0: Now, as you get closer and closer to the final stages, definitely got to let me know.
1: I will. I definitely will. Awesome. Definitely will.
0: Well, Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, fantastic. Brilliant. Well,
1: I'm sorry about the mismatch in timing, but we sort of caught up. And it sort of worked out.
0: I know, I know, I know, right? We, we made it happen. I shot an email. I'm like, I I'm, I think we've got an appointment soon. I don't know. <laughs> we got, we made it happen. We made it happen. Very good, so.
1: very good. Again, Roger, thanks so much for inviting me on. I really do appreciate you letting me. Thank on you your, very much. On your team.
0: It's all good. All right. You take care.
1: I will. And soon. so so should you. And we'll talk soon, maybe.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Okay, you You have a good one. Bye.
0: Me too. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. Any guests which I have on the show really provide some golden nuggets and useful life changing tips. So always feel free to check out their social media platforms or website links, which will be written in the show notes. These shows are financed by my sponsors, so your contributions are always greatly appreciated.